Amen. Let's give it up for the band one more time. Justin leading us. Great job. Tonight, as we've been in this series singing the blues, uh, dealing with the Psalms, tonight I want to jump ship a little bit and uh, take a little break from the Psalms and go over to 2 Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians is where you can find me tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. When you have it, say, I got it. Still looking? Say, I'm still looking. Take your time, just hurry up. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12, begin reading at verse 7 and we'll conclude at verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 10. Here we go. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it, may, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, here it is, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ, watch this, may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It was in the 1980s, late 70s, where young Joseph Sadler was on his way to engineering school. Uh, engineering school was his track, was his path. Uh, that's who he wanted to be. That's what he was going to become. But he had a fascination with music. A fascination because his parents had this amazing record collection. And every now and then, this young Joseph Sattler would take his daddy's albums and get in the room, and he would begin to play them and listen to them. And he spent a lot of time with his daddy's records until one day he discovered a new skill as he was playing with these records. He discovered this thing that would become known as scratching. This young Joseph Sattler would become, would become to be renamed and to be called Grandmaster Flash. Grandmaster Flash was the one who founded this concept, this idea of cutting, uh, this idea of, of, of scratching, and he would take records and create a whole new sound. And upon the foundation of this sound would be birthed this new movement called hip-hop. Um, it was late 70s, it was early 80s, and any given Sunday, even any given Saturday night during the summer months, there his hit song, The Message, could be heard in house parties all across the country. Let me know if you remember this song. Play it a little bit. If you remember this song, just nod your head if you heard it before. All right, y'all nodding your head almost on beat. I'm liking this. All right. You know I, I just want you to hear the first few words. Like 
How many of y'all know that? What are you saying? Come on, congregational song. Come on, it's a hymn. Come on. All right, all right, all right. So when the beat comes on, you immediately begin to start to shake your head. I mean, if you were if you were past, you know, if you were old enough to remember the 80s, if you were old enough to remember the 80s, you can possibly even remember going to house parties or going to the skating ring uh, or going to little spots when this jam would come on and everybody would hit the dance floor. Everybody would be on the floor and just rocking and just grooving to the beat. And when it came on, it was like a congregational hymn. Everybody would begin to sing. It's like a jungle sometimes. It make me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> you, 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 you just, it was just a part of you. It was just, you could not listen to that song without all of a sudden feeling a joy, feeling an excitement and getting a little head nod and a little rocking. You knew that the party, if it hadn't already started, it was about to get on and popping because that song was about to set it off. I know I just lost you on some translation. Uh, that means on and popping about to set off. That means it was about to begin to get exciting. Um, <laughs> That was about to be an elevation in atmosphere due to exhilaration and adrenaline, all right? Also known as own and popping. Um, But if you were to study the words and if you were to look at the lyrics of this young Joseph Sadler, this young Grandmaster Flash, if you were to listen to the words of this song, you would begin to realize that this is not a happy song. This is not a song that makes you want to get excited. This isn't a song, if you listen to the words, the the, the words don't provoke you to excitement and to party. The words read like like a blues song. Listen to these lyrics. People peeing on the stairs. You know they just don't care. I can't take the smell, I can't take the noise no more. Got no money to move out, I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back, junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far, cause a man with a tow truck repossessed my car. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. It's like a jungle, sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Crazy lady living in the bag, eating out of garbage pails, and she used to be a a hag down at the peep show watching all the creeps so she can tell the story to the girls back home. She went to the city and got social security. She had to get a pimp. She couldn't make it on her own. My brother's doing bad on my mother's TV, says she watches too much and is just not healthy. All my children in the daytime, Dallas at night, can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight. The bill collectors, they ring my phone and scare my wife when I'm not at home. Got a bum education, double-digit inflation. Can't take the train to the job. There's a strike at the station. A mid-range migraine. Cancered membrane. Sometimes I think I'm going insane. I swear I might even hijack a plane. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. My son said, Daddy, I don't want to go to school because the teacher's a jerk. He must think I'm a fool. And all the kids smoke reefer. I think it'd be cheaper if I just got a job and learned to be a street sweeper. I dance to the beat, shuffle my feet. 
wear a shirt and tie, tie and, and, and run with the creeps because it's all about money and a dang thing funny. You got to have a con in this land of milk and honey. They pushed that girl in front of the train, took her to the doctor, sold her arm on again, stabbed that man right in his heart, gave him a transplant for a brand new start. I can't walk through the park because it's crazy after dark. Keep my hand on my gun because they got me on the run. I feel like an outlaw broke my last glass jaw. Hear them say you want some more living on a seesaw. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. It's like a jungle. Sometimes it makes me wonder how I can keep from going under. A child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God is smiling on you, but he's frowning too, because only God knows what you'll go through. You'll grow in the ghetto, living second rate, and your eyes will sing a song of deep hate. The places you play and where you stay looks like one great big alleyway. You'll admire, you'll admire all the, all the, all the number book takers, thugs, pimps, pushers, and the big money makers, driving big cars, spending twenties and tens, and you want to grow up to be just like them, huh? Smugglers, scramblers, burglars, gamblers, pickpocketers, peddlers, and panhandlers. You say, I'm cool, I'm no fool, but then you wind up dropping out of high school. Now you're unemployed, all none and void, walking around like your pretty boy Floyd, turned stick up kid, look what you've done did, got sent up for eight year bid, now you're mad Manhood is took and your Maytag spent the next two years as an undercover being used and abused to serve like hell till one day you was found hung dead in your cell. It was plain to see that your life was lost. You was cold and your body swung back and forth. But now your eyes sing the sad, sad song. Oh, you lived so fast and died so young. Don't push me. Because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. It's like a jungle. Sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Grandmaster Flash is telling a story that ain't about partying. It ain't about excitement. It's about living a life that's filled with the evil of hell. And you're forced to walk those streets every day. <laughs> See, they rocking and jamming, but he's talking about the very fabric of his life that's pee infested. Education system is broken. Son says, before I go back to school because the way that teacher treats me, I'd rather go out and be a street sweeper. Talks about a kid who commits suicide and hangs himself because he figured it's easier for me to die than for me to go on living the way in this world that I'm living. I'd rather give up. So DJ, DJ, uh, Grandmaster Flash, he comes up and he says with all the passion, with all the fury, with all the frustration at his last bet on his last leg, he's saying, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I can't handle another piece of bad news. I can't handle another bad blow. I can't handle anything else. I can't handle nobody saying anything. I can't handle another bill collector. I can't handle another phone call. Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying not to lose my head. It's like a jungle. Sometimes it makes me wonder how in the world I keep from going under. Don't push me. 
His brother is upset. He's frustrated. And he's on his last leg. Friends, in our passage today, we find the Apostle Paul in a very peculiar place. You you need to understand that Paul, you got to understand the history of Paul. Paul was, in modern day terms, could easily be considered a murderer. He, He would go and he made it his business. He made it his objective to take out Christians, to kill them. Well, Paul experiences great transformation and his life was changed. And then he became a soldier for Christ. I mean, one that really represented Paul was a guy, if anybody could take it, Paul could take it. If anybody could take a licking and keep on ticking, it was Paul. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was beat down. Paul was in prison. And Paul would be sitting in the jail cell with chains on his hand. And Paul wouldn't be complaining. Paul wouldn't be whining. Paul wouldn't be crying. As a matter of fact, Paul would be encouraging people that's free, that's out of jail. He would be saying to them, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And he was going through a living hell. So Paul isn't one that, that, that complained easily. Paul wasn't one that broke down easily. Paul wasn't one that, that would say, oh, this is too hard. I can't take it anymore. Paul, we never see him complaining in the scriptures. All we see Paul doing is always rising up to the occasion, always coming in and saving the day, writing letters so strong to where it'll set a whole church in order just from him writing on his pen. He was an amazing, amazing, strong man. The shoulders, uh, uh, the New Testament rode literally on his shoulders. He articulated such strength, boldness, and power. But here in our passage today, Paul has got a problem. We see Paul in a way in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 that we never see Paul in. We see him in such a way to where Paul is before God amidst all of the, all of the prison, all of the accusations, all of the beat down, shipwreck, all of that stuff. We see Paul laid before God begging. The scripture says he was pleading before God, pleading before God, saying, Lord... See, see, what happened was, Paul was getting all these great revelations. And, 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 and Paul said himself, to keep me from getting too arrogant, to keep me from getting too conceited, here it is, a thorn was given to me, a thorn in my flesh. Now, now some theologians would argue that they know what the thorn is. Paul had poor eyesight. Uh, 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 Paul, Paul had, uh, 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 it, was, it was a divorce, it was a marriage issue that he had. Um, or Paul, Paul's thorn was, was porn. I don't know. They come up with all these, all these crazy things. Put that on the t-shirt. Um, they, they come up with, with, with all these different ideas of what, what Paul's thorn was. When the reality is, we really don't know what the thorn was. We don't know what the deal was. But what we do know is that this thorn broke Paul down. It broke Paul down so much so, so out of all the other stuff he struggled with, we never see, we, we never see Paul begging before the Lord to take it away. But this thing got to Paul in such a way to where he got before God and he said, Lord, please take this away. He didn't ask just one time. He didn't ask two times. Three times Paul went before the Lord. Now you've got to understand that that's huge. 
Paul is frustrated. Paul has come against something that he can't come in and save the day. He can't come in and recover. It's almost as if he's come before the Lord on the edge, desperate, saying, I can't take it. God, I can't deal with this. You need to take this away from me. God, I know you've given me some stuff to handle and I've been able to handle that stuff. But this one that I'm struggling with, this thorn, this thorn right here, this thorn, I can't deal with this. Don't push me. I'm close to the edge. I can't take it. I need you to remove this thorn away from me. I can't take it. And he begs God three times, please, 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 God, take it away. And Paul, God's servant, God's man, pleading before the Lord, you know what God says? No. No? God, I... I've written and encouraged your church. I've built your churches. I've encouraged your people. And here I am pleading for you. Pleading that you remove this one thing. God says this. Watch this. He says, Paul, my grace is sufficient. God, I'm close to the edge. I'm about to, I'm about to give up. <laughs> Out of all the times I need you to save the day, this time I really need you, and you come back with some theological response, my grace is sufficient? God, I need you to move this stone. I know it's sufficient, but I need you to handle this right here. He says, no. My grace is sufficient. Second time, Paul, come on, come on, God. Come on, come on. Stop. Oh, you tripping, dog. You tripping, God. You tripping. Come on. Now ain't the time to get deep on me, Jesus. We've been good. We've been rolling. Don't try to get all, don't try to give me no new revelations, God. Just keep, just come on, come on. This one, this one right here, God, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Comes back the third time. He says, Paul, my grace is sufficient. You know, this week as I've been thinking about this message, even as I've been thinking about warehouse and thinking about me and thinking about my wife, thinking about the life we live, this message really messes with me. It does. It, it, it really gets at me in just a real way. Because everything... In society, and everything in culture, even Christian stuff, even church stuff, says it's all about me. It's all about you. Not only is it about you, but it's about your comfort. It's about your comfort, and not only is it about your comfort, but it's about your pleasure. And people come to church with that jacked up view. And think that church is all about me. Jesus, <laughs> he all about me. He died on the cross, guess for who? Why uh, oh me? He died on the cross for me, and he want me to be comfortable. He want me to come in the church, and I want to I wanna be greeted in the right way. I want to be received in the right way. I want to be able to sit down in the right way. I want to sit on padded pews, and I want the worship to be exceptional. And if the, if the worship ain't exceptional, then I'm going to write an email and say, y'all need to change the worship because that was jacked up, and church is about me, and I want to love my music, so we need to tighten it up. We need to get it like, it, like I want it. And we take that to our prayer life. And we pray to God like it's all about us. We pray about stuff that's all about us. You know what this passage tells me tonight? It ain't about you. And not only is it not about you, but it especially ain't about your comfort or your pleasure. 
As a matter of fact, yeah, you're right. It's about you. But it's not about your comfort or your pleasure. It's about your struggle and your trial. Two things that are absolutely necessary if you're going to ride with me. I got a feeling I'll probably lose some friends tonight. Because we think Christianity is all about fun, games, and let's get excited and let's roll. And Jesus is saying, yo, hello, I died on the cross. And if you're going to follow me, excuse my common vernacular. Jesus wouldn't say this, but this is Albert Tate, so edit this out. If you're going to follow me, doggone it, you take up your cross too. This life, this, this path, this Christian life, it comes with the cross. It's not all happy, happy, joy, joy. It's not all, it's not all fun day Sunday. It ain't about getting cool t-shirts and passing out scripture verses and getting all your bills paid and always being able to get a healing when you need it because you and Jesus are so tight. No, this thing, my brothers and sisters, comes with trials and tribulations and it comes with guaranteed 100% hard times. Sign up for that. Come to the altar for that. God, I just want to, Just give me a hard time. Come on, Lord. Give me a little trial. I just love it. But that's what it's about, friends. Paul had to realize that my grace is sufficient. Paul had to understand that I'm up to something that's bigger than your thorn. Your life is not about your thorn. Contrary to popular belief, your Christianity ain't about you just getting your little stuff worked out, your little thorn, getting all your little problems removed. That is not what this walk is about. And Paul, as great as you are and as powerful as you are, you need to understand that there are some things about me that you're going to learn, and you only going to learn them because you got this thorn in your flesh. So no, I'm not going to take it away. As a matter of fact, I'm going to turn it so that you will realize that my grace is sufficient. He goes on. Watch this. Listen to this revelation that happens. There's a turn. There's a change that happens. He says, Paul says, my grace is sufficient for for my strength. Here it is, is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. God says, listen, you got to have this thorn because it's only with this thorn that you will be able to experience the perfection of my strength. Y'all didn't get that. Let me say that again. you got to have this thorn because it's only with this thorn in your life, it's only with this thorn that you will be able to experience the fullness of my strength in your life. This thorn is necessary. Because I want to show you a side of me that you will never ever see without this thorn. Let me say that again. I want to show you a side of me that you will never ever see without this thorn. This thorn is necessary. My grace is enough for you, Paul. I'm not going to take the thorn, but I'm going to give you grace. And my grace is enough. Y'all not getting it. Let me help you. Um, come here, my man. What's your name? Adon. Adon? You mind helping me out? Come here, Adon. Adon, you looking good tonight? Thanks. Nice tie. You got a girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, okay. She here? No. Okay, good. Well, we got some. No, I'm just. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just I had to have a recover. I don't know. Okay, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Adan, uh, do me a favor. Hold this for me. All right. Sorry, Justin. Hold this for me. All right. Hold that for me. All right.
Oh, come on. You're a big boy. All right. A dime? Is that your name? Yeah. All right. Here it is. You okay? All right. Check it out. here's, Here's a dime. And he represents us. Because weight in our life comes. And everything, when the weights of the world come, everything around us tells us, be strong. Be strong, Adon. Hold on, Adon. Be strong. You can handle it. You can, you, you, you doing okay, Adon? And what does Adon say? For sure. He's doing great. And he's walking around carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. But to see him, you would never know it because all he knows is to be strong. Everybody says, be strong. Even the songs at church, be strong, be strong, be strong. And this is what Paul was doing. Paul was trying to be strong. He was trying to hold on to it all. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Is that, is this getting heavy? No. Yeah. And then you start, and then you, and then you start lying to God. Be like, nah, nah, I can handle it. What I'm telling you tonight is that God did not design you and make you to live like that. Come here, my man. What's your name? Jeff. Jeff, come on up, Jeff. (laughs) And then you find yourself desiring the help of the Lord. Jeff comes in, watch this. And he removes the stuff out of the way. Remove this, take the stuff away. He, he takes it off. This one, Yeah, okay. And Lord, I need you to take this. And Lord, I need you to. Get the stool, dude. What the heck? See, what happens is, if Adon, take a seat, Adon. If I was to allow him to hold this long enough, eventually. His language would change. Jeff, just sit tight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just chill out. All right. If I was to allow him to hold this stuff long enough, eventually he would get to the place to where two things would happen. Number one, he would say, "I can handle it," and start dropping stuff. Or he would say, "I would handle it," and literally succumb under the pressure. Two images would happen. He would over. He'd be overwhelmed with all this stuff, and all this stuff would just would just would just take him out. Or he would just start dropping stuff. You can drop it. It's okay. He would start <laughs> dropping stuff. See, that gives an effect. I like that. <laughs> what happened was, Paul was holding it all. He was holding it all. And he was operating and going about his life in his own strength. When God is saying, it ain't about your strength. It's not about your ability to hold it all. It's not about your ability to keep it all together, but it's about your ability to trust me to keep you together. Did you get that? I need to give you a visual. Jeff, come here. Stand up. Adon, stand up for me. Jeff, come here. Pick up Adon like you were carrying him across the threshold. All right. Here it is. Watch this. It's only when, how, how strong does Adon look now? How manly does he look, right? <laughs> not, not so much. You all right, Jeff? All right. Okay, you good? No. Okay. okay, all right. Look at him. He's telling the truth now. But listen. All right, check it out. Watch this. It's only when Adon, recognizing that it's not about his strength, but it's about God's strength, can he experience God's strength in a full way. Did, did you see what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that, look, look what is Adon having to do other than the rest? Is he having to stand up on his own? Is he having to hold himself up? No, he's experiencing the strength of Jeff. Do you, did you know Jeff before tonight? Yeah. Okay. Have y'all ever been this close before? 
Uh, no. No, right. <laughs> he, he's experiencing Jeff's strength in a whole new way. Put him down. Gently? No, you can, however, y'all know each other, however you want to do it. Give them a hand, give them a hand, give them a hand. Albert, what in the world are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that God wants to show you that it's not in your strength, but it's only in your weakness. Your ability to give everything up and to say, God, I don't have the answers. I can't fix this. This is so beyond me. To where I can't handle it. God was telling Paul, I'm up to something that's bigger than your thorn. I want to get at your weakness. And not only do I want to get at it, I want to fully expose it. Because it's only when your weakness is fully exposed can you see the greatness of my strength in your life. It's only when your weakness is fully exposed... Can you see the greatness of my strength in your life? The question I want to pose to you tonight is, are you weak or are you strong? Because all of, all of culture, all of society says, be strong, right? Men, stand up. Be strong. Girl, be strong. Don't, don't give up. Be strong. When it could be the fact that you're on the edge and the thing that you need to happen it's for somebody to push you off. Instead of saying, don't push me, maybe it's push me because I'm close to the edge. And it's only when I come off the edge and when I'm not trying to hold on can I experience the full strength of God and his desire to carry me. I'll say this and then I'll wrap this up. Just tonight when I was downstairs praying about this message, I got a call from a friend in Mississippi. Hadn't heard from him in a long time. And at first, I was preparing the message, so I just let it go to voicemail, and he left a voicemail, and I listened to the voicemail, and he, he said, hey, man, what's up? And then after that, it was a long pause. And then he said, man, I just wanted to see how you were doing, and I want you to call me. 36177. Five, four, six, six. I could hear him crying on the voicemail. So immediately I call him back. And he begins to say, man, I can't do it. My wife and my kids are looking at me, and I don't have any place for us to live. I don't have any place for us to go. My business is failing, and I'm trying to be strong, but I can't. And I just want to call, man. I just want to call and talk to somebody. Here's a guy who's trying to do everything that, hey, we're supposed to do, right? Be strong. Save the day. Hang in there. Never let him see you sweat. Next 10 minutes, I poured into him and I told him the exact opposite. I said, Man, be weak. Be weak. Because it's only when you're weak can you really experience the fullness of the strength of God and you can really get a sense of what He wants to do in your life. Be weak. 
Because he wants to show you that he can hold you in a way that he's never been able to hold you. Because you've always had one foot down and one foot up trying to be strong, trying to hold on. But he's saying, be weak. Let it all go and let me carry you. Because my grace, my unmerited favor, my strength is enough to hold you. So be weak. You don't have to be strong. You don't have to always have it together. You don't have to always be the strong one to hold other people up. You have the divine opportunity and the privilege and the permission to be weak. So he can be strong. This grown man with tears flowing down his face for the first time in 32 years, got an opportunity to be weak before God. Albert, what in the world are you trying to say? Friends, this message is for me. It's for Warehouse. It's for whoever's seeking God in this way in your life. I said all that to just say one thing. Be weak. You ain't got to have it all together. Be weak. You don't have to have all the answers. Be weak. It's okay not to be the strong one this time. You got the divine permission of our Heavenly Father to be weak this time. You know why? Because this one's too big for you. You are outmatched. If you could fix it, it would have been fixed a long time ago. Throw in your gloves, stop fighting, and be weak before the Lord. Because some 2,000 years ago on a cross, Jesus Christ himself was weak. And he gave his broken body. And he shed his precious blood for you and I. So that his strength can show up. Thing is tonight. It's time for you to make the sacrifice. It's time for you to be weak before the father. And allow his strength. To build you. To hold you. To carry you. To his glory. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God, we live in a world where the thing to do and the thing to say is don't push me. Don't push me. I got a lot on my plate right now. Don't push me. I got a lot of balls I'm trying to I'm trying to juggle. Don't push me. I can't I can't take another thing. I can't take another bill. Don't push me. Well, tonight in your scriptures We hear Paul saying, push me. We hear Paul saying, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress. For when I am weak, then through him I am strong. Tonight I come to you, God... um, from a real personal place tonight 
God, help me be weak. Tonight I come praying on behalf of my brothers and sisters. In this room, in this place right here tonight, help us to be weak. So that through your strength, we might experience you in a whole new way and be strong. Help us to be weak tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.